Um, bottom of the league, bottom of the barrel. Five games, five L's. Broke the MLS record for the first team in MLS history to lose their five games. So we are breaking records, just not the ones we were hoping for. Yeah, definitely not the record we were all hoping to be breaking. But we are here right now sitting at 0-5. And, and yes, we did play NYCFC, who was the second-to-last club. And yes, we did pull off our fifth L to sketch our names in the MLS history book. Well, I guess that answers your question of who's the better 0-4 team. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, there's only one 0-5 team. Yeah. So yeah. you know what that makes us, right? Exactly. The best 0-5 team in the league. There we are. There we are. Look, we're, we're here to focus on the positives. We got to keep it light, Jay. You know, if you're if you're listening to this podcast, you know, pat yourself on the back there. You're a true fan. You're not just a bandwagon jumper. I know a lot of our fans were really turning on us real quick uh, through this tournament. Well, not actually us. I think we might have been a bright spot for most of uh, most of the fans out there, but we did walk a couple off the ledge. So you'll get like those messages like right at the start of the game. Like, what's the, what's the deal? This formation's not going to work. It's like, well, thanks for thinking we have some sort of say in that. We well, literally have zero say in that, you but know, you know. I paged Paul, you know, I hit up Diego on his IG, but they just didn't get the message. They did not Don't listen, know what's man. good. Oh, well, let's just, uh, let's have some fun with this one. Try and smile, try and stay positive. Welcome, everyone, to the Inner Miami Podcast. I am Jay Kington alongside, as always, Mr. Alex Papa George. Check us out on social media if you don't already. That's Facebook and Instagram, at Inner Miami Podcast. We do have a website, it's innermiamipodcast.com. And with that website, we have an email, Jay and Alex, at innermiamipodcast.com. Dot com. Reach out if you feel so inclined. Yeah, and even if you're not telling your friends about Inner Miami, the football club, go ahead and tell them about Inner Miami Podcast because we're still bringing the heat without our club in the tourney. But if you do feel so inclined to, like a bunch of you have that we all appreciate, please go ahead and give us five stars on the Apple Podcast platform. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you to everybody out there. Uh, tell your friends to subscribe. And if you haven't, go ahead and listen to our previous episodes in the library. We have some great content with some players on the team. Uh, Mr. Luis Robles, Jerome Kisavetter, Luis Aguro, Will Trap, Ben Sweat, and Mr. Dylan Nealis. Go check them out. Track them out. We had a lot of fun doing that. We, uh, I know a lot of fans were expecting us to drop an episode in between the NYC FC game and the Philadelphia Union game, but uh, we do have life responsibilities and had to celebrate the 30th birthday of someone very special uh, in Alex's life. So we had to, to step away for a little bit. We wanted to get back as soon as possible, definitely after the NYC FC game, and uh, just kind of update everyone. I'm sure if you're already listening to us, you're aware. Uh, of what's happening, but we are now uh, 0-3 in the MLS's back tournament. We are 0-5 as our regular season total. It's been a little tough for Miami. Still number one in our hearts. Still number one in your hearts. Yes. Number 26 on the stat book, number <laughs> one in our heart. It's all right. We will get uh, get through it. Um, tough, tough losses to watch. Um you know, as I mentioned in the last episode, I was really expecting to see after that really slow start against uh, Orlando City for us to make the improvement as we did from our first game against LAFC into DC United, which we did. We played a lot better, had 10 minutes, maybe 20 minutes of really uh, great football. 
Uh, we ended up losing that game 2-1, though. Um, ended up tying it up, came out. Uh, the, 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 the goal we scored was the football we mm-hmm. want to see. Mm-hmm. That was beautiful. That was a, a run all the way down the field by Lewis Morgan to Bizarro. Bizarro back to Morgan. Morgan to Pellegrini on the left side of the box. Pellegrini across and Rodolfo finishing off with his left foot. Then we came out in the second half looking great in the first 10 minutes. Had all the momentum. One little lapse of focus resulted in a counter attack by Casper Shabelka. Uh, and a uh, beautiful goal by him, and, and that was the result. So then we move on to the NYCFC game, and for some reason, take a step back. And we, we, we led all the important stats, really, in the, the Philly game. But come over to NYFC, and uh, it's, it's one step forward, two steps back. Back to the stagnant, very still type of, uh, of football where – you know, we got whoever's on the ball has the ball. Then they're looking around to pass and everyone's just standing there. There's no, no chance creation. And we end up again, losing that game off a lapse of focus on a counterattack. So, uh, it's definitely, definitely tough times to be an inner Miami fan, but I guess just to get this out of the way, bud, what are your negative takeaways from these past two games? Wow. Well, there's not many psych, <laughs> Um, there's a few, um, we're going to get into the negatives and the positives of this game, but yes, as Jay said, you know, and part of what Jay and I have really enjoyed is really, you know, talking to the listeners who, who haven't been avid football fans their entire life and bringing them along this journey with us. And, you know, as I'm sure you experienced in the NYCFC game, you know, one small detail, one small detail of either not putting pressure on the ball or not dropping the back line in synchronization, knowing that you're not putting pressure on the ball is the difference between a win and a loss. And that was devastating. And for all the other sports out there, you know, baseball, basketball, American football, lacrosse, whatever you want to go ahead and say and think of. There's no sport out there that has higher attention to detail than football. And we lack that throughout this tournament and the start of the season. Yeah, with uh, without a doubt, uh, they've got a long way to go as a team. Um, I still think that we have, you know, talented players. But if they're not going to play together, they'll get beat by a high school team. I mean, that's that's not true. But, you know. By, they'll get beat by a much lesser team. It doesn't matter how much talent you have. If you aren't playing cohesively, you're not going to win. Yeah, and you know, there's a lot to take away from our three games in Orlando that I'm sure was a very long, lonely, and quiet bus ride back down to South Florida. Um, I know I'd be wanting to get out of Orlando as fast as I possibly can and you know, break that bubble and get back to your families. But you know, what do you think about that? Well, I, we literally were going to have a segment here where we ran through the scenarios that needed to happen for us to um, be one of the four third-place teams, but that will no longer even be a concern because we're the fourth-place team and we're not advancing. So, uh, you know, been uh, been tough. We were all expecting a different result, but here we are, and we're going to keep moving forward and uh, keep growing. Yeah, and, you know, as Jay mentioned a few minutes ago, we're going to touch on some negatives. We're going to touch about five each personally. I know that, you know, the laundry list could go on and on and on, and I'm sure everybody has their own unique list of uh, concerns, negatives, positives, whatever they may be, but we're going to touch on our top five, and then we're also going to touch on some positives because guess what? This is the Inner Miami Podcast, and we need to keep it positive. 
We have to keep it positive, but we have to keep it positive. So, but for the sake of going back and forth, I'll say we just run through five and five and comment on each other. Fair enough, Jay. Fair enough. Well, I got to say my number one biggest disappointment is just absolutely the possession of the ball. Um, seemed rush on every single level of the pitch. Um, we did not feel comfortable with the ball at our feet, to be honest. Realistically, the only person that I felt comfortable was Pizarro. And even at the end of the NYC, I'm sorry, NYCFC game, you could even see him getting frustrated in even yelling at Carranza because he was staying stagnant and not moving to where he needs to be, but he's just passing the ball and standing still. And that was a common theme that I saw across the board in the entire tournament and from what I've seen in the team even prior to the tournament with LAFC as well as DC United is the inability to find openings in the offense and play off of each other. And I think that when Lee Wynn was injected into the game, I think that we saw a little bit of that. There was a glimmer of hope. There was some light at the end of the tunnel. But again, Lee's getting brought in, it seems like every single time past, you know, the 70th, 75th minute yeah, out yeah. there. So, you know, when you're bringing them in, we're, we're, we're down a goal, it seems like every time. So is it is it too little too late, Jay? I don't know, because honestly, that's something that I think everyone is really keen on by the third game. You know, I mean, he came in against LAFC and he always comes in off the bench. He hasn't really had his starting opportunity with Pizarro. And, uh, and yeah, it's tough because I definitely think he only makes Pizarro in the midfield better. But, you know, we, we seem to always go with the same formation and same group. I mean, you know, the formation might be tweaked a little bit, but it's, you know, it's, it's the same. What's the old saying? You do keep doing the same thing over and over, expect change, you're crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definition of crazy. It's that, that's what we're getting at right now. And, and at some point, I think the fingers are going to start to get pointed to uh to Diego. yeah and you know at some point i think pizarro is going to find himself back on a plane to mexico or something because it seems like he's getting sick of it yeah i feel really bad for pizarro he's probably wondering how did i uh fat, you know rewind four months ago and i'll tell you how i got here you know there, there really is no support for him uh diego was really barking at the team that that was one of the major issues like help him out you know it, it just seems everyone's just kind of playing in their own terms and not as a as a team so it's it's a little tough yeah, and I kind of combined one and two takeaways there, but I got a little fired up there, Jay, so I apologize for that. But I think you get it. I think that the possession scares me just on the level of almost playing hot potato. Um, everybody just basically dribbles up the ball until we get it taken away, and there's no movement on the pitch, which if you play any sport at any level, you know the fastest way to move the defense around and find openings is to pass the ball. So very disappointing to see on the offensive side. I do think a little bit that went under the radar through this whole tournament, I'm curious to hear your opinion, is um, the absence of Robbie Robinson. Um, he started the first two games as our striker. Um, we ha did not have him in our disposal this tournament, and I think throughout the entire entire three matches we saw that hurt whether it's small or big it, it was something it was a little bit unexpected to happen kind of close to game time but that offensive threat and I'm not saying Robbie's our savior by any means but I am saying that that is our starting striker that we had their first two games that we didn't have yeah I would agree with that I think he's the best threat we have in the attack right now um, this is this is kind of tough because we covered this team from uh, really nothing to to now full MLS squad so you know, we, we saw the Carranza, we saw the Pellegrini, uh, you know, when they first signed him. And anyone, you know, 
I, I've made this, I think, kind of correlation, like a, uh, if anyone skateboarded and, you know, anyone could spend six months of their life skateboarding and videotape every moment of it, then be able to put together a five, 10 minute reel of their highlights and mm-hmm. make it seem like they're a professional skateboarder when really they're just kind of messing around. Um, you know, I think Pellegrini and Carranza were advertised a little higher. I would like to think they're just settling into the MLS and kind of, you know, gr- learning to play with a team. But I was expecting to see quite a bit more from Carranza and we didn't and that only left me missing you know Robbie Robinson and then we even saw you know Kisa better get some playing time in the Philly game and he comes in and almost got us a penalty they're focused on a on a a potential handball and I've been was yelling at the TV like he was shoved in the back that's why he's knocked over and he made the same argument but ref didn't care about that he was only focused on the uh the handball so you know, the, the attack needs to be figured out. Um, that is going to be one of my positives. But uh, keep keep bringing us home. Let's just try and get through this rough patch of negatives right now. Yeah, we got to do it. We got to do it. But to bring me to my uh, third takeaway on the negative side is is our struggles with Uyoya and Will Trap. Um, I thought it was evident throughout the entire tournament. I think, I think for better or for worse and Probably not the best idea to even say this, but they're a very similar player in their sense. Um, they're both more defensive-minded. Um, I mean, Will, Will's been in the league for quite some time. He's been a U.S. national player. I think Oyoya has been one of the pleasant surprises even out of the gate and are on our team thus far in 2020. But this whole tournament, they, could, they couldn't get it going. Um, there was no offensive threat. Uh, nobody was feeding up the field. Everybody was playing stagnant. And I just don't know, Jay, if these are the two guys in the midfield to, I guess, take us to that next level. What, what do you think? I mean, yeah, it's it's tough football to watch. It's, it's honestly like there are barriers between the defensive third, the midfield, and the attacking third, and we just can't figure out how to move the ball effectively. You know, uh, across the field, and and you know, you're right. When you're playing this stagnant type of football, you're not, you know, creating chances. You're not, you're not going to win a game. And you know, I, I think we, we're we're going to need to completely change up the lineup and the formation. Honestly, I mean, I happen to like our back four. I think that's where the strong, you know, individuals on our on our team are. So I don't know if it's necessary to have two to center defensive mids. Maybe we need to up up more creation or kind of attacking midfielders in the play to just try and you know see if that gives us a better result because right now this is not attractive football yeah and you could see the frustration bleed over to the field even with will trap getting a i think it was even one yellow card i can't recall which game it was i think it was the new york game but he got one yellow card that was a little bit aggressive and that's kind of out of his character as a player and i think that that was just frustration spilling Mm -hmm. over and you know, again, I'm not saying that this combination of Oyoya and Trap should never be on the pitch at the same time, but my question and concern is: Should they be our in our starting eleven at the beginning of every game? That's my question. You know, that, that's a good point. You see, and honestly, you say like they're they're you know very uh, similar players, right? So maybe just sub one of them out for the other. Um, I mean, I don't know. So look, some, some change is going to have to come. I was surprised that we didn't see Lee Wynn injected in the starting 11. It, it, definitely for the, for the, you know, NYCFC game or the Philly game. I think every, I think all the fans were aware of that. Even the seemed to be every announcer was aware of that, that um, kind of surprised me as well. You know, make the changes. Look, we're doing the same thing over and over and we're going to get the same results and we're going to sit over here and, and keep wondering what we need to do better. Like just completely change it up and see if it gives us a better result. Yeah. And 
you know, hey, we talked about it. That's the definition of crazy. But anyway, moving on to my fourth takeaway on the negative side, uh, really just one word three times effort, effort, and oh, yeah, effort. Um, I thought it was evident to kick off this off the MLS's back tournament. Jay and I jumped on the mics and we talked about the Mueller goal just being a pure effort play. Uh, he outworked on the back pole, outworked uh, Luis, and I can't remember who it was up against. Might have been against Dylan or someone like that. But effort, effort, effort. At the end of the day, if you don't have the talent to beat the teams that you're playing, you have to outwork them. We learned this again at a very, very young age. Um, I thought a pure example of this too, and I wrote this down prior jumping on the pod today, was... You know, Roman Torres' is effort play at minute 86 of the New York game. Dude yeah, yeah, was that, a caboose that was, running. That, that was funny because even the announcers like, look at Roman, like showing the highlights that like, he's leaking oil. And uh, then like he's like huffing afterwards like he's still leaking oil. Yeah, but as as crazy and sad as this may be, it might have been the play of the game for us. Keep uh, in mind, he's one of our oldest players with two bad knees, you know. Yeah, and the dude was chugging down the field, made an amazing slide tackle, saved a goal that was definitely going to happen. And that's the effort that was required on each and every play. And we just talked about it a few minutes ago, but attention to detail is everything in football. And if you lose that for a few seconds, you, exactly what happened to us. We're going to give open a goal. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm actually really excited you brought that point up because uh what was it i think right before the tournament kicked off once we announced that we had acquired lgp everyone started just ripping torres like oh he's so Mm -hmm. much better than torres Mm -hmm. torres needs to go and one of the things that we've been preaching this entire time is torres adds a, a, a a veteran leadership that we need and you can see that in his play that even when he's behind and he is definitely no longer in his athletic prime and his again his two bad knees cannot move the same way he used to but you see him putting his head down and just grinding, grinding, every step grinding to catch up and make the slide. And that's what we need. I thought we had enough of it, given the veterans that we do have on our team, but it seems like we're literally lacking that senior leadership that's going to be able to shape our team. Well, you know, you, you see it in, in – we were we were talking pre-show at, in San Jose, right? It, it's a level of attention to detail that adds up over time that is pure effort plays. And if you bust your ass more than your opponent, I guarantee you over the course of 90-plus minutes, there's going to be a moment for you to make a play. Yeah, I mean – well, it's, it, yeah, it's such a contrast watching our games versus some of the other games. And, uh, yeah, I mean, San Jose has been a, been a great team to watch because they really just kind of have their chemistry together, their effort together. I understand, you know, we don't – not every team is blessed with the with Chris Wando who can – you know, I think he's put in like 161 goals now or something astronomically high. We're definitely missing that sort of attacker, but we really need to start – Paying more attention to the other teams and how do we mimic that play? How do we get that that cohesiveness? How do we get that, um, you know, where it looks like we've been playing together for years? I understand we haven't been playing together for years, but we're still professionals. We've still had months of training. Like, come on, we got to get it together. But let's go ahead and wrap up with your fifth one. I'll run through mine and we'll get back to the happy stuff. Yeah, let's get back to the happy stuff here. Last point to make on the negative side. Then I'm going to stop being a negative Nancy because I don't like that, Jay. I don't like that. But uh, my biggest question mark um, has to be actually handed over to management. Um, I'm very confused on how we haven't 
actually signed our last DP player. And I know that we were waiting till, you know, some of the seasons were over, I believe over in Europe, it was see what options open up for us in some of these other leagues. But uh, I think that the demonstration, the MLS is back tournament just shows us how far behind we really are as a club. Um, Clearly we've been rejected by the likes of William Cavani, Martinez, uh, people like that um, who don't want to come over to the MLS for whatever reason. And I'm sure kind of Pizarro is starting to feel a little bit of a way similar to what they potentially would may think that they're thinking. So um, it's a little bit unfortunate to see, especially, you know, and again, we're talking about today, right? This is only five games into our franchise. So we're focusing on the now, not thinking about the future, but a little bit disappointed to see how the team has been constructed. I think it's no secret. All the inner Miami fans out there know that we need an attack. Um, we clearly showed our inability to score over this tournament. And I think someone in the attacking midfield and a striker would do wonders for our team. And I think everybody knows it. And I'm curious to understand why we haven't signed said person. So if anybody in front office wants to give us an email, we are reachable at inner Miami podcast at gmail.com, or you can reach us on our social medias. It's only the 33rd <laughs> episode. You just can't get our email, right? It's Jay and Alex at inner Miami podcast.com, whatever. That's irrelevant, but you're right. Uh, and you mentioned Cavani. So sorry. Yeah. We, we had a, our inside source tell us that that was basically a done deal. Cavani ends up rejecting the final offer. It was free um, news. Therefore it's probably worthless. Yeah. And you know, William has a Chelsea fan. would love to have William come over. He's, you know, all these players are, are older. I, I don't think Roger's you know, necessarily that old, but, um, that's kind of the, I don't know, the cookie cutter model for bringing European stars over the MLS is typically people that are over 30 on the decline of the career. Notably, Pizarro's 26, right? And, um, I mean, he's in his prime, man. And I feel bad for him because he's over here. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of support from the team. Um, you know, I, I believe, and this is just off the top of my head, I could be incorrect on this, but I want to say the, the EPL European transfer window uh, opens July 27th. So that's when all the magic can happen. Everything got pushed back due to, to COVID. But, Look, we can't really wait any longer. We're going to have a, a, a – unless our team figures something out, we can make vast improvements, then we're not going to have much better results if we can get a, a solid third DP in there. So, um, you know, a little, little tough to watch. Yeah, and, you know, do, do keep in mind, you know, for any new listeners here, we do have a DP slot and oh, still available to us. Yep. And that's what I'm talking about is not filling that last roster spot with – all these people who across the world are playing at some top-notch clubs and obviously have decided not to to join us down here in South Florida, but that's okay. Um, again, I am done with being negative. So next time, you know, I jump on my uh, little topics here, I'm going to be on the positive side, Jay. So I'm going to flip this negative Nancy microphone on over to you, bud. Yeah. Uh, gosh, one more thought before I go into oh, this. You know, it sucks that COVID happened and hit everyone hard because we were so close to securing Augusta Namundra. Uh, again, they, they call him the new Raquel May, plays for Boca Juniors. Uh, they were getting tons of, of, of interest from big-name European clubs in him as well. That ended up falling apart. But, again, he wasn't known for his goal scoring. He was known for his midfield beautiful creation, and that's something that we could definitely – uh, use. And, and I think now we're, we're really feeling the, the hurt of that. Um, so just, you know, to my negatives, I really, I don't want everyone just 
kind of crying on their way to work or whatever, listening to this podcast. But it just sucks seeing us go make an improvement to uh, to the Philly game, play better, still lose, and then go to the NYCFC mm-hmm. game and, you know, again, take a step forward, two steps back. It was very stagnant, static football. Sad to watch, hard to watch, man. I sat there, just arms crossed, like this isn't even enjoyable to, uh, to watch. You know, Pizarro's giving it his all with no support, no creation around him, no supporting runs, and – it's very frustrating football to watch. Yeah, we watched the first game against Orlando together, and I'm sure everybody <laughs> had a little bit of trouble staying up for our second game against Philadelphia at 1030. Um, was it last week? But, uh, you know, Jay and I missed the game together at 9 o'clock, but we were watching in our respective places. But, Jay, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody, you know, what were your, what were your takeaways, you know, more in the areas to improve? And I think that's a little better way of saying it. Oh, man, you know, with, with this many senior leaders on our team, um, just staying level-headed, not getting frustrated. We had too many stupid red cards. We, had, you know, I mean, I'm, it's like, I'm not even going to blame Roman Torres for his red card at DC United. We all know how that situation played out. But uh, what really pissed me off is, like, Reyes picking up a second yellow versus Philly. He's literally, I think, outside of Nico, uh, one of our most talented defenders on yeah. the field. And, you know, you mentioned, like, who are you most comfortable having the ball on? It was Pizarro. And I would say, yeah, Pizarro, but also Nico Fagal. I feel comfortable with Nico. He, he, he's definitely one of our shining, uh, you know, stars. But – um reyes man we we need you like we literally had to miss torres for a game and now you get a, a, a red card or two yellows and sent off in the uh the second game versus philly and then agudelo the announcers even said that like hey this was probably his last chance to to be a starter in the mls and then really with less than 10 minutes to go i think it was like four or five minutes and we're on a corner and you just you're five yards off Callens, and you just run and just check your elbow into his throat for no reason in plain sight of the referee, not even in the middle scrum where it can be kind of, you know, hidden a bit. Mm-hmm. And then you get your second yellow and your sent off. So it's like, what, three red cards basically in five games. It's crazy. Do you, I mean, you bring up a good point. And I know that we were outraged, especially after the DC United game. But do you think that the refs are the reason for our struggles or what's your opinion on the refs uh, outside of Rubio Vasquez? No, I don't. I, mm-hmm. I think you can't just blame the ref. You know mm-hmm. I mean? Again, we're, we're making silly Agreed. plays. We're getting frustrated um, partially because we're losing the games, but also partially just because you can't get it figured out of how to, you know, effectively take the ball down the field and score. Yeah. I mean, listen, Owen one. Sure. Why don't you go ahead and blame it on the refs? Oh, and two. Sure. Maybe a little bad luck. Blame it on the refs a little bit too. But if you're sitting at, Oh, and five, I'm sorry. You can't blame this all on the referees. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, moving on. So, uh, I guess third negative here is we played 10 to 20 minutes of excellent football against Philadelphia United laps of, of, of focus result in a counterattack goal. They win fast forward to, to NYCFC. We weren't playing great football, but last focus led to a counterattack score. They win. Um, it's really frustrating to see that happen. You know, these are these are things that we really these are the fine details that you have to have down to be a successful football team in any league. You have to always be prepared and ready for a counterattack situation, and that's something that we're definitely not ready for. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and going on to my fourth one is no one wants to have the ball, man. You can just tell out there. Everyone, they get the ball, they pass it. No one wants to actually have the ball. No one wants to take control. No one wants to go ahead and have the ball pass to them 
in the box or right outside and take the chance and rip the goal. They're only looking to pass. Why? Why is that though? They, I, I find it very. I think lack of identity. Lack of identity or lack of confidence. I think it's lack of identity, which in turn leads to lack of confidence. Because again, every every player on our team's been playing the sport their whole life. True. Everyone was successful, whatever level they were before this. That's how you are now a professional soccer player. Get back to the to the to the you know, I don't know, grade school games. Get back to the pickup games. Just mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. fun out there. Mm-hmm. Be confident. Take a chance. And it's frustrating when it seems to be Pizarro the only one wanted to actually score goals. It, it really is. It really is. I mean, it's, outside Agudelo, who will rip them, you know, shank them way wide or something. Yeah. And, you know, Agudelo has a place on our team. It's just I don't think that's our starting striker. And, you know, who knows, right? We, you know, you said it earlier in the podcast. We have about – what, four and a half, five weeks or so until we start playing again, which is really sucks for us and is unfortunate while everybody else focuses up in Orlando. But, you know, we'll have Robbie back. But, you know, Jay, I, you know, to, to your point, man, I don't, I, I'm not sure how we're going to help that out. I have no idea. So moving on to my fifth and final point so we can get out of this wretched conversation. <laughs> I hate it. Uh, man, I, I, I think at some point, fingers are going to point towards Diego. Uh, you can't get it figured out in MLS, which is, um, you know, worldwide viewed as, I think, less of a league than Liga Mekis, um, although that might be changing. But, uh, you know, no one's won the CONCACAF Champions Club from, uh, from the MLS, so... He's got to get this figured out. He has to have the fortitude to make sweeping changes in the lineups, in the formation, and, and definitely with substitutions. Um, if you've been listening to the podcast for a long time, you know I'm also a Chelsea fan. Frank Lampard, young coach, first year. Uh, no issues with making five substitutions and gunning the whole team in the second half early on because he doesn't like what he's seeing. I would like to see some more of that. Take more control. You see this isn't working. Get the players out. Get new ones out there. You got to A B split test them. You got to figure it out, man. I great point, Jay. I'm I'm thrilled you touched on that. I was very kind of just thrown off a little bit on our lack of substitutions, especially with five substitutions instead of your mm-hmm. typical three. It seemed like every time we were substituting on players and off the player off the players off the pitch, there were two variables. One was that the other team had already subbed a player onto the pitch. So we were trailing in that aspect, just a little bit of a, a, of an observation. And number two was we waited. I'm pretty sure every game till after the second half for sure, but probably after 65 minutes, I want to say 63, 65 minutes, every single game uh, to make a substitution. So 70, honestly, man, it's crazy. In all reality, it might've been 70. So, you know, much rather just seen, four subs at halftime let's see squad a play the first half we'll see squad b play the second half and you hold on to one sub in case there's an injury or in case one of the players staying in is absolutely gassed yeah i mean you're right and i mean if we're not creating any creativity or momentum or innovation on our side with the players on the pitch through the first two games, I just don't see why we're going to see something on the third game, especially again, going back to our point that we are an expansion team and, you know, try something new, just see how it works. These are regular season games. I do understand. So some teams looked at it like, Hey, we have three regular season matches. Let's go out and play the best as we can. Or some teams look at it like, Hey, we're in the middle of an MLS's back tournament, you know, obviously with the reward being what it is. So, um, a little disappointed to see our substitution patterns, but, 
Um, then again, let's not harp on the negatives, Jay. I'm tired. Well, I got of one it. more thing. Oh, who doesn't love a little rotten cherry on top? It doesn't technically <laughs> have to do with the Inter Miami squad, but uh, there was a home debut mm. at Inter Miami Stadium, aka Lockhart Stadium, to the shout out the old old fans and the new fans. And uh, guess what? Fort Lauderdale uh, CF lost. Oh, to two against the Greenville Triumph. So we can't buy a win on any level right now. Um, but, um, you know, I guess we'll move on. You're right, dude. We're an expansion team. We're already on five. Dude, I maybe, know, throw maybe, it to the win. Make a drastic change. Let's see what happens. Maybe we should buy a win. Is is Nevin, is a Nera, win. Nevin Shapiro a listener by any I chance? I have no idea. Is that a sports gambling betting reference? I'm not uh, sure. We'll talk later. Go Canes. But okay. Okay. we Great. will uh, move on to the positive side, Jay. Enough of this negative talk here. I'm pretty sure everybody has their list of five takeaways on the negative side. But Jay, what can we take away from this tournament on the positive note? like a scrub well, for even saying this. Well, but don't think too hard, man. Yes, we broke the record for the first 0-5 team in MLS. Yes, everything seems to be on fire, and we're just over here warming our, our hands. Uh, but, you know, the good news is this whole season will have a big, big asterisk by it. Um, it's not an excuse, but it's going to be a shortened season, completely different format, break in, you know, the regular season play and train all that. So, um, you know, I, I like to think that this – has played an effect on us, but um, that, 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 that's minor. Here's the main positive is we're still an expansion team. There's going to be the hardships, right? We're, we're clearly not Atlanta United. We're clearly not at LAFC. I think we were really wanting to see that, but we're not. Biggest positive right here is we still have our last DP spot to fill. We'll see. I think the next month is going to be very interesting because the action will heat up with the, you know, the, the, the transfer window opening up in Europe, um, you know, the end of this month. So we're going to have to get someone to help out on the attack. So it'll be fun to kind of track this shopping process. And by golly, we sure hope that whoever we can get is either a serious attacking midfield threat or a goal poacher, because that's what we need. It's not over. It's a bumpy start. Technically, we can still qualify for the playoffs. So, hey, let's just move forward. Let's stay positive. This is an expansion team. Our fans, there are some that have turned on the team. That's okay. You're not a true fan. Everyone that is a diehard Inter-Miami fan, everyone at all the supporters groups, everyone that you know shows positivity, reaches out to us all the time, they're going to be with this team, win, lose, or draw. They don't care. Mm -hmm. It's about the culture we're building. It's about being able to pass on your love to your family, having a community, a sport that the community craves, and we will be fine. We will eventually get it figured out. Let's stay positive and shout out to all the diehard, true Intermommy fans who are upset but have not lost any love for this team. Yeah, big shout out. Big shout out, everybody. Do not bail on this team yet. Do not do that. This team's going to have its highs. This team's going to have its lows. A lot of lows. Lows to start off, <laughs> hopefully more highs than lows, <laughs> but it's part of being a fan. And you know what's going to be awesome? When we think back to this moment, sitting at 0-5, setting records on not the right note, but year, two years, 
maybe 20 years down the line, we're going to hold that damn cup up, Jay. And for all the people who are still supporting the team and who are supporters since day one, thank you. Shut up. You're, you're the real MVPs. Yes, Jay. We, we can't identify any right now on our squad, but the fans are the real MVPs in the situation. Bingo. And Jay touched on it really quick to take away the positives. Listen, we haven't been blown out. Um, that's a, that, that, that's, that's a, that's, that's a big, a big listen. We play some top talent thus far this league, whether that's the Philadelphia union, whether that's LAFC, whether that's DC United. I mean, even or NYCFC finished top of the East last year, second in the supporters shield. So even Orlando city's making a run as painful as that is. And to Orlando say. sucks since 2013. It took them. Hopefully it doesn't take us. What is that? What's math? I don't know. Seven years, six years. Hopefully it doesn't take us that long, but like, look at other expansion teams. Nailed it. Yeah. NFC what... Cincinnati. Like, I know people are joking, like, we're the new FC Cincinnati, but like, I mean, even they came out and got a win against Atlanta. I understand they're down, Joseph Martinez, but like, hey, it takes time. We still have the most beautiful face in all of sports, Mr. David Beckham rocking it for <laughs> us. We still have, you know, Mickey Paul McDonough rocking with us. And I'm sure he's probably has some level of, I don't know if embarrassment is the right word, but he probably feels some sort of responsibility that these players haven't been able to get it together because he's kind of known as this guy who can come in and build a team for you and a team that can compete as well. Listen, I'd be pissed. And anybody listening to this podcast right now that doesn't think Paul or David are livid right now, you're Jorge, out I mean, your I, 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 damn mind. We, we don't mind. talk about Jorge enough, but Jorge, I know this isn't the result. You know, Jorge Moss won it, but hey. Look, they're not wavering. We're not going to waver. We're not the, wavering. The, the, the true fans aren't going to waver. We're here. We're going to be here, man. I just look forward to probably a year from now when we're all jumping up and down to the stadium. Maybe we just need a stadium. Maybe we need a, a home kickoff to just set that mood. I'm I'm not worried about it. Like we've talked about for the last 11 months, this is a process. A process isn't a straight incline. A process has its bumps. A process has its highs and lows, and we're going to be good. Stick with the team, and I promise this is going to work out. If it doesn't, well, Jay and myself will be with you every step of the road. So we'll be feeling your pain as well. But yep. last takeaway, we have reinforcements. Um, we, we've talked about it all episode. We still have an open DP slot on our team Sure to be a star, whoever we do draw in, just wondering who that is. But we also do have Breck Shea and LGP joining our club at the start of the regular season post MLS's backers tournament. Yeah, well, to be fair, Breck Shea was in our reserves for the tournament, but just not, I don't think, up to speed with the team yet. But uh, yeah, LGP, hey, buddy, come on down because apparently our back line likes to get red cards. So we're going we're gonna to need more <laughs> bodies down here. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, look, it, we will be a different team by the end of this season. We'll be a completely different team than, than we are now. Again, keep in mind, we have never seen the full inter Miami lineup playing at the same time. Um, we, 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 we won't have that until we have our DP spot, but honestly, like this was the first time we had all our weapons and we just hadn't played together due to injuries as a full complete squad. And then, you know, Robbie leaving, but bear with us. We'll get it figured out. We're going to be hoisting the hardware up. We're going to be having great celebrations. We're going to be singing and yelling in English and Spanish, which is not the easiest thing for Alex or myself, but we're making that commitment. And we're going to be yelling in Spanish until we are hoarse, until we're sweating, feeling lightheaded, 
in the stands with the hot South Florida sun beaming off our sweaty foreheads. These colors aren't going to run. We all love Rosa Negra. We all love the pink, the black. We all love Inner Miami, baby. This is for the community, not just for the MLS. This is a, a community right here. Listen, as disgusting as a visual that was in my head, God, I can't wait for that, Jay. Cannot wait for that moment. I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast cannot wait for that moment either. With that, it brings me sadness, kind of joyfulness, but just anxiousness at the end of the day that we're going to be a few weeks a month off from seeing our boys out on the pitch. But that's cool. We're at our home stadium. We won't be there, but we'll be able to see it. Because Jay and I are going to be back. We're going to be covering the MLS's back as tournament. We're going to be covering our team. <laughs> so don't you worry. There's going to be some hot news coming out. You, you did the same thing I've heard so many announcers do. I don't know if it's because like we all have a slight amount of like dyslexia. <laughs> but I've heard legit like ESPN announcers, 2DN announcers, Fox Sports announcers all say MLS back is. I don't know why. it's, like, it's we, we never thought this was a good name for the tournament, <laughs> but no one is able to execute MLS is back. It's always MLS back is tournament. Did I did I say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it's, it, it just made me giggle because like, I've heard it so much on, on TV. I'm like, no one can, can nail this. Um, the MLS will be returning in four weeks. Be a Diego Alonso in a room full of crying fans. Look at the positives. We got four weeks of practice. That has nothing to do with our knocked out of the tournament and can't play for three weeks. We get four weeks of practice. We will come back and we will break down what this looks like. We're still waiting on the full details to emerge. The MLS is only focused on the MLS back is tournament. (laughs) (laughs) But once we get the full idea of the regular season, our schedules, we will bring that news to you. We are sorry. We have officially cut off our source. (laughs) If you want to try and find him, he's now missing wherever he is in the world who gave us the information about Cavani because it was so good, but it turned out that it got rejected at the final stage. But look, we're going to bring you some interesting, fun news. Good news is we're not going to have any losses for a month, so we're going to focus on the, the DP search, the news, bringing back the regular season as it should be, and it will all be fine in the long run. Just imagine Dad. like I'm your, your mom or your tia tucking you into bed it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay that news jay and i were together man and you should have seen our reaction to the cavani and to follow up with the way it left off was fun but jay covered it all everybody thank you thank you thank you for joining the inner miami podcast if you do not do so already Please follow us on Instagram, on Facebook, at Miami Podcast. And the part that I get wrong every single week, 33 episodes in a row, go ahead and email us at jayandalex at com. Okay, we'll give it another go on the episode 34, jayandalex at com. There is no the. I'm working with him. Don't worry. It's a process. It's a process <laughs> like everything else. We and- love we love you guys, man. We love this team, baby. It's, it's, it's Rosa Negra all day. These colors won't run. Stay with the team. Stay with us. We're going to have fun. We are still still the best city to live in in the world. So it doesn't matter. You know what? Whatever. Have fun living in Kansas City or 
or Minnesota, you know. <laughs> hey, look, you're coming down here to Miami to have fun. Just wait till we're all together in the hey, stadium. We got some fans in Cincinnati and Minnesota, and I think it's time to cut Jay off. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for joining us. I'm Alice Papa George, joined by Mr. Jay Kington, as, as we always say, Vamos Miami! Vamos Miami!